Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hello, everybody. You are listening to another episode of Spartan Crazies where football is sad and I don't know what else to say. But yeah, so MSU goes to Minneapolis, takes another L. Uh, Jay Johnson is the worst coordinator on planet. Like, what else am I supposed to say at this point? Jay Johnson is the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen in my life. Uh, nobody loves inside zones and swing passes more than Jay Johnson on third down. Um,. Yeah, he's a moron. The whole coaching staff is full of idiots. You know, MSU finally moves the ball. They get their first touchdown in what? It was eight quarters or some crazy number. Uh, Sam Levitt, when Sam Levitt comes into the game, you know, he looked good. I was impressed by how he looked. Um, that at least gives me some hope for the future if they can keep him around. Um, but, you know, MSU moves the ball. They cut the they cut the lead to, what, five? It was 17 to 12. Um and, uh, yeah, uh, Harlan Barnett goes full moron, decides to kick an onside kick with eight minutes left in the game. Just an incredibly stupid move. Just the epitome of this coaching staff this year. Um, like, I'll, I'll, what, what can you do at this point but just laugh to not get angry anymore? Like, I don't know what else to say. This team's a disaster. Uh, uh, Tumnisi... Adelaide uh, hit the portal. Um, Malik Carr did not travel with the team on Saturday. I think anybody that's read a message board knows what is going on with those two. I'm not going to say anything on this podcast, but you can go look for it, look at it yourself. Um, yeah, so just total mess. I don't know what else to say. What, what am I supposed to do? Preview Nebraska and uh, talk about how bad MSU was against Minnesota again. Like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. They get they get the ball. They get two turnovers to start the game in Minnesota territory. You want to know how many points they came out of that with? Six. Six points. Because their offensive coordinator is an idiot. So, um, yeah. Only four more games left, guys. We're almost there. Just uh, every day I keep on hoping and praying Urban Meyer is the next Michigan State. <laughs> because I can't take much of this anymore. So, uh, yeah, uh, total disaster. Uh, Nebraska is somehow only a three-point favorite going into Spartan Stadium on Saturday. I will probably put money on Nebraska. I put money on Minnesota on last Saturday. One again, you just keep on betting against them. Hey, if you guys want to make money off your misery, keep on betting against Michigan State because you'll probably win money. So This, this Nebraska game is low-key like – an incredible bet. Yes. I find it nearly impossible. And if you recall, I've been kind of riding Nebraska all year, and you've been questioning it mm-hmm. all year. They've been coming through all year. They've been, Hey, you know what? I'll give them credit. Matt Rule's a good coach, man. I, well, at least they have some optimism and right. something to like work toward. MSU, they've quit. If, yeah. if, if is it, it's not obvious to you, that season is over. Like Most of those guys have quit. Nebraska... They have not quit. They play hard. They're playing for something. They are going to cover the spread. Put five hundred bucks on. It. I don't care. Yeah. That's that's easy, a easy, easy money. One. Easy that's an easy one for real. Um, you can uh, you can bill Ryan if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that was the up. Yeah. Right, anyway, keep going. Anyways, just total disaster. Um, twenty twenty three sucks. I wanted to end. So. Uh, Urban Meyer, please come to Michigan State and save me. Oh, my God. Uh, I just want to say I've been very vocal that I felt the idea of Urban Meyer was absolutely ludicrous. And that if I could have put a negative likelihood that it would happen, I would have. I was at absolute freaking zero percent. Everything that I've seen and, you know, sources that have been corroborated – uh, it's above zero percent. 
I'm not saying that optimistically. I still think that it's not happening, like, straight up. I None of it makes sense to me. The guy's basically, like, walking around still hoping, wishing he was Ohio State's head coach. I mean, the way he talks and acts during their games, I just don't see it at all. But maybe you have, a, like, some details or you don't really want to... I, I... The guy's oh, been yeah. the guy's been in town. He's I would be shocked if he hasn't been here. I mean, you've heard people say he's been here multiple times. He's been here at least once. Like, there's no way he hasn't been here. Um, so that that is definitely there's you know, something right. Like yeah. I, I there's there's not a zero percent chance. They're I, like, let us fly you out. We'll wine and dine you, and you know, make you an offer. And he's like, hey, I'll just you know, right. I'll take some free dinners. Right. I mean, the guy is if he gets a contract here, it's gonna be. North of $12 million a year. That's my guess. I mean, he's going to get paid more than Saban is, and then Saban's got a clause in his contract where he becomes the highest-paid coach in college football or whatever. So it'll pass him, but, um, yeah, I mean... Enough time has been spoken on the topic. I just wanted to bring it up that I still think it's silly, and in the state of MSU football, just think about it, it's incredibly unlikely. I mean, I mean, honestly, after that Michigan game, I think it woke some people up. Like, holy shit, we really need to do something here. Like, we cannot let this happen ever again. So, um, I mean, maybe that was it. You know, spin zone, like Michigan fans love to do. We'll, we'll get into this in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, spin zone, that was a good thing for Michigan State because it finally woke up the big money people and said, hey, we need to make a splash higher here, right? That's, I mean, you could think that you could – Make a point that that's somewhat true. I mean, yeah, because the last splash hire went so well. Yeah, was that really splash hire when they hired him? I mean, it was a decent hire considering I guess, the circumstances. I guess you're right. It's splash extension. Yes. Okay. That is fair. I will agree with you on that. But at the time, it made sense. At least. No, I know. But, you know, I'm just being. But I get what you're saying. But, um, yeah, uh, MSU football sucks. Anyways, speaking of MSU football. <laughs> We need to talk about this. Yes, we are going to talk about the Michigan thing. You want to know why? Because it involved Michigan State. So all the Michigan fans that are complaining about MSU talking about this, one, my football team sucks, and your scandal is literally the only thing giving me any joy this football season. Two, this happened on MSU sidelines. So, yes, it is absolutely relevant to Michigan State, 100%. So photos came out, I think it was late Tuesday night, um, that – no, it was late, it was late uh, Monday night. Sorry, we're recording on Wednesday. Um, there was photos that came out. I think on a message board. I can't even remember where of, of of pictures of a guy in CMU gear with sunglasses on. Remember, this was a night game. This dude had sunglasses on in like late into the second half, where it, it, it was dark at that point. And also, the lighting for most, you know. Uh, arenas or stadiums of this uh, magnitude at night the lighting in spartan stadium is perfect you don't need anything right you you certainly would never need sunglasses i can just say the floodlights are too bright no the They're lighting not. is perfect that's why no one ever wears sunglasses i have been to for night games countless night games at spartan stadium i've never seen anybody wear sunglasses and if if you had they're wasted and they're like, you know, a, a somebody in the crowd, not a coach. That doesn't make sense. They need to be able to see well. Anyways, uh, rumors started that this was Connor Stallions, the currently suspended Michigan staffer who is in trouble for the sign-stealing scandal. Um, I'm sure all of you that are listening know about this, because if you don't, you've been living under a rock. But uh, it was rumored that it was him. And... Um, how he got on the sideline, who the hell knows? I really have no idea. Um, but it's clearly him. I mean, the only people who think it isn't him at this point are delusional cult member Michigan fans. So <laughs> there is that. But, uh, yeah, clearly him. Um, CMU played last night. They actually released a statement a Tuesday afternoon, I think it was, that uh, they didn't know who it was. If CMU... If it was a CMU staffer, they would have said, they would have came out immediately and said, hey, it was John Smith on the sideline, right, our, our GA. They didn't say that. They said they were going to launch an investigation. And after the game, Jim McElwain, 
who is Central's head coach, came out and <laughs> said, yeah, we're aware of the sign-stealing guy. Uh, the pictures of him. So they, they, they know it's him. Central knows it's him. They just have to do their due diligence to be 110% sure it's not Connor Stallions, which it was him. So, yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, since I'm a petty person, if I'm Alan Haller, I'm holding the press conference the way those two jack wagons did last year after the tunnel incident. And I'm saying, I want these guys uh, punished to the fullest extent. I would have done that because that's because I'm a petty person. But, uh, yeah, I mean, every single team in the Big Ten or any team that's played Michigan, to be honest, in the last three years, has every right to be pissed off about this. I think it's ridiculous that uh, they have not suspended a single coach. I mean, just insane to me. I, I told Tim before the podcast, we started recording, CMU's going to fire somebody before anything happens to Michigan here. I guarantee it. <laughs> like, you, you could put that at like a minus 1,000 odds probably uh, that CMU fires somebody before Michigan does anything to anybody on their staff. Yeah, that's going to be the fall guy. Yeah. Um, he'll be responsible for everything. Right. <clears throat> Michigan gets off free. It, it, I, I, I've said nothing's going to happen this season. I, I just don't think the Big Ten has the balls. Um, it is very refreshing to see ESPN, who Michigan fans used to absolutely love, by the way, five years ago, when they Go threw figure. when they threw Mark D'Antonio and Tom Izzo wrongfully under the bus. Um, funny how they hate uh, unnamed sources now. They really loved them five years ago. Funny how that works. But anyways, yeah, um, that is probably the most interesting thing that's happened with Spartan football in the last week unfortunately so uh figured we had to talk about that because it happened at michigan state i'm very interested to see the rest of this play out because news just keeps on leaking slowly and slowly and slowly and there is an obvious reason for that so yeah yeah, it's just something out of like a a movie like this is like a political scandal like how they release news it's the same type of thing but also a hundred percent this is going to be a documentary in the future <laughs> like 30 for 30 most likely um the, the the fact that he was on the on the staff against michigan state it just there's so many what like so many questions was he just there to try to help central like was he actually he had- trying to like affect the outcome of a different at the time, I know everyone's like. I mean, he's a MSU. Site. MSU sucks. At the time, we didn't, we didn't know, know. We didn't know what MSU was going to be, and um, you know, like what was he doing there? Why is it MSU? I don't think that you're going to see a single other game that he's on at CMU's. Yeah, I mean, there's been some rumors going around that he might have been on some other sidelines, but we'll. But see no, what I'm happens. saying Central. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what I'm saying is it's probably related to. The Big Ten opponent. Right. No, not yeah, of central. course. Of course. So now we've got, like, collusion between teams. I don't know um, if that's totally true. Maybe, I, I'm not sure McIlwain knew about this, to be honest with you. It's probably, because there are obviously Michigan connections on the central staff. Because McIlwain was a coach there, and then he got hired as central's head coach. And they have multiple dudes uh, that were staffers at Michigan while Stallions was a volunteer coach there so they somebody i think one of those dudes probably led him on the sideline and they knew what they were doing that one of those guys is going to get fired a hundred percent we're going to find out soon it should not take long no this should not there's no way this should be a mystery no um and i'm guessing somebody's getting and you know for shoot out you you know for a fact michigan state is doing everything they can to figure out how this happened because they want michigan to get slammed they do. Let's keep it real here. We all want Michigan to get slammed to the fullest extent. I hope they get the death penalty. It's not going to happen. But if it was up to me, I'd give Michigan the death penalty because I hate Michigan and I hate their fans even more. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. This keeps on. It's an evolving story. I mean, it's been, what, two weeks now since this stuff uh, started coming out. Something. Um, That's been a long two weeks. It, I cannot believe it's been two weeks. Um, but, yeah, some of the wildest stuff I've seen in college football in years. But 
I guess we can move on. We talked about the two football games. I mean, what what do you want me to say about Nebraska? They're probably going to kick MSU's ass. Um, yeah, no, there's no way MSU's winning this game. Yeah, Nebraska's they, in a good... I, I am curious to see who starts this game. Is it going to be Levitt or is it going to be Hauser? I kind of hope it's Sam Levitt. I'm kind of to the point where I'm cool with burning his red shirt. Because screw it at this point. You might you want to keep the guy around? Play him. Right? Right. You know? He's clear. I mean, I, I like Caden Hauser. I, I don't think he's... I, I think it's too early to write him off, but pretty obvious Sam Levitt's got some serious arm talent. So I'm interested to see what happens there. But that's about all I really care about at this point, to be honest with you the rest of the season. So... Tim, we can start talking about basketball because that's honestly more entertaining than anything Michigan State football right now. So, okay, um, yeah. So we, oh man, we have so much to talk about. Um, so let's start with Hillsdale exhibition. What? Okay, I want to back up. MSU played Hillsdale and Tennessee by now. Both games at Breslin. Both exhibitions with fans. Real um, officiating, the whole deal. Um, so let's talk about it instead of each game. Just what you think so far through two games um, for uh, um, for Michigan State. You know, I guess I can start out. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State is clearly a thousand times more athletic than they were last year with the, with the freshmen they added. Um Cohen Carr, man. I, I I went to both games. I left that Hillsdale game at halftime. I went with my parents, and I was like, whatever, they're killing them, so we left. Um, but Tennessee, I was there the whole – obviously, I was there. I was at the game. I stayed the whole game, obviously. And Cohen Carr, dude, he is, he is as billed, just an unbelievable athlete. I mean, that dunk he had – uh, in space, or uh, he, he dunked from like damn near the free throw line, threw that thing down. Are you talking about against Hillsdale? Against um, against Tennessee, the one where uh, it was in the, I think it was in the first half. Uh, Wait, he dunked on uh, Connect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that was incredibly impressive. Yes, but keep going. Um, clearly a very athletic team this year, much more athletic than last year. And like I like Joey Hauser, but Tim and I have talked about this. Joey Hauser wasn't the greatest athlete in the world. Um, you know, Booker didn't play a ton of minutes, but he's clearly a very good athlete. And then you have Carr, an incredible athlete. And then, uh, I really like Jeremy Fears as well. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, defensively they struggled. But I, I'm going to say this about, at least in the Tennessee game, I'm going to say this about that game, though. Kind of hard to take a lot away from that defensively when you've got dude. You can't foul guys out. Like I, I, I remember that dude for Tennessee hit five fouls with like yeah. what seventeen minutes in the second half, and all of us at the game were like, "What the hell? Why is this guy still in the game?" Then they announced over the PA, "Yeah, we're not following people out." I can't take as much away from this game defensively because of that, right? Like they didn't look great defensively, but how much can you take away when you can just hack the hell out of people and there's yeah. no actual consequence for it right you definitely would have seen a difference in the game because people would you know maybe have sat early um malik hall would have played far less he he had eight fouls or something yeah and (laughs) and he would have played far less so that would have been an impact of the game you know what i'm saying so there's differences but everyone you got to play in the conditions you're in and they did um so i'm not too worried about about that but um keep going um yeah i mean Kind of frustrating watching MSU shoot free throws. Yeah, uh, that I mean, you had Walker, who's damn near automatic, hit, missed two clutch free throws. That almost never happens. That was frustrating. Um, the three point shooting was pretty good. They couldn't get a stop in the beginning of the game. I will say that was concerning because um, you can't really make a, a foul excuse at that point because they're they just honestly just got destroyed. They couldn't make a bucket at all. That's not going to happen very often, but it was not a good sign. Um, AJ Holgard is just going to bully people again this year. He kind of did that again this game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is a game where Jackson Kohler went at eight, to be honest. I think missing yeah. him was kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's hard for me to take 
a ton out of an exhibition game like this, to be honest with you. But it was it was an entertaining, great basketball game. Oh man, it was popping in there. I I mean, I had a lot of fun. Game was great. There's a couple of things about Tennessee, but I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about Tennessee, and then we can go. I want to go through each player what we're we've seen so far. Anyway, Tennessee. Um, the best part about this game is that because it's an exhibition, you can really forget about what you usually focus on, and that's the result, right? If MSU had won by one, um, and it was like a real game, obviously that's all, you know, take them, doesn't matter how many points you win by, you take the dub, right? However, since it doesn't have any meaning, um, it's just the the whole body of work that you have to take away and the actual end result not as important. So if they had won by one, even if they had gone into overtime and ended up winning, I think that it's kind of ridiculous to make that call they made at the end yeah. there. Um, yeah, it's, it is kind of a foul. I do think he bumped them a little bit, but it was negligible amount of contact. It's like you're going to end an exhibition like that. Like You don't even have to have any pressure and you're like making a call like that. My theory on that was the refs wanted the game to be over with and they did not want to fish you over like, time. This is out of here. Out of here. Um, kind of ridiculous, but the charge call, I am curious to see how that, um, you know, how they really call it throughout the season. So you, you saw tons of free throws too. Oh which, my God. Um, but overall, I think, you know, that beginning, I've heard a couple of people say like, hey, they started real slow, got punched in the mouth, um, and they needed to wake up. Then they were kind of like playing with them. That starting five, we've been watching those guys for years. I don't really think that this is like a they got punched in the mouth and needed to wake up. They've had years in this program. They should be fresh as all get out for this game. You're, the place is jumping. Not to mention Tennessee's missing two of their like best guards. Um, and kind of just mistake after mistake. Very easy to score on. Yeah, Tennessee was – is they were hitting everything. Um, I was there. Ryan was there. I was like, have they missed one yet? Um, they were shooting like 85%. But they were, they were missing – Closeouts. They had a couple of missed switches. Somebody like went under a screen. Um, I think this is just kind of like that the team we've been watching, okay. And what my whole thing has been this whole time, and you know, I've been kind of leading the charge on. I think they're gonna start slow and maybe disappoint us a little bit. Um, if we're just gonna see those five guys, we've seen those five guys. If Malik Hall isn't shooting the, the three, which right now he clearly seems hesitant to. I think his it's mental, right? He's really off on his I know he has it in there somewhere, but right now he's he's passing him up. He's kind of scared to shoot. Um you've got like a like forties and Ken Palm type defensive team that starting five. That's my opinion. The only reason I see this team having a higher ceiling is if these these freshmen are playing and like contributing more. And this is the one thing I wanted to bring up, but I guess we can we can just dive right into it. Um, I know it's really early. They had a lot of mistakes. Maybe we're talking a whole different way um, if MSU did end up winning, but they gave up 88 points. I was talking to you about I'm looking at the defense. I, great. You know, Tennessee is supposed to be a good defensive team. We scored in the 80s too. I want them to to make stops. That looked like we were watching Kansas State again. And that's just the same team. Um, I do not think that the starting five we've seen for two exhibitions, I don't think that's the best five on the team. That's my, it seems very obvious optically to me. The analytics are kind of backing it up. Um, it, but then it's, it's going to be a balance of how does Izzo, you know, please everyone. Um, so we'll talk about the, the lineup thing, Ryan, get your input on it, but let's just start with the top. Um, Tyson Walker through two games. What's your analysis of him? Yeah, he's just hitting there. He's 10 shots. He's still a solid defender. I mean, he's quick. I mean, to me, he's the best player on the team. I don't really think there's much of a question about it. He's the star. He's the guy. Um, 
and I think just the Tyson Walker we, we grew to know last year, I think we just got he's back again. I I mean um everything that he brought to you last season, we've got that again. I don't see that changing very much. If anything, he might be even more of the guy um <clears throat> this season. Uh okay, AJ Hogard through two games. I just I mean, he's playing bully ball. That's what he does. He's going to bully smaller guards. Um, he, I mean, he hit that three at the end of that game, to tie the game up. I thought, I mean, clearly a clutch shot. Um, you know, he's a very good defender. Early, I mean, he's probably going to be the same player as last year, plus a little bit offensively probably in my opinion. So, very good player. Probably like an all-conference, like second or third team all-conference player. So, I thought that AJ um, had a really rough game against Tennessee. Um, he had a lot of really – I mean, I don't know what his deal is, but the, like, body language will just, he's, like, look dejected against Tennessee. I'm like, this is the guy we've been watching. Right. He's always had that problem, like you said, with, the, with his body language. That's always been my issue with him. And I I know he's, a, his, he's an emotional player, but he his body language is just – it's never been a positive to me, uh, but hey, he's this is fourth year in the program. He should be past that, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so I want to bring this up again. I already have, but it's a big bugaboo of mine. I really wish that I feel like somebody's told him, but I really want him to know um, his stats when he shoots long twos. It's just horrendous, yeah. and he's a big guard. Uh, he bullies people when he goes to the rim. But um, it's not like he's some killer outside shooter. But the math is just simple. Like, if you have a terrible rate shooting right outside of the the line, um, or inside the line, I should say, just step back. It's worth one more point. Um, I think what happens is he tries to drive on people, and then when he's already in the lane and he knows he's not going to get to the bucket, he might do, like, a little step back too, but his his uh, percentage. I was trying to pull it up. Um, his percentage for twos. So, twenty twenty three, his percentage at the rim is fifty three point two percent. If that's just your field goal percentage, that's great. You're making more than every other one. His other two percentage. Thirty-five point seven percent. That's a terrible field goal rate for twos. Um, I just—it's got to be—he's got to stop doing it. I think he missed every single one um, in the game. He didn't shoot well. I think he's had a, a rough two games, to be honest, because I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong, and I've seen a lot of the same thing from him. Now there will be matchups for Hogard where he's gonna, and if he learns about this charge rule and starts like really yielding it um using it to his advantage i think that he can i feel like there's a way a world where he gets more efficient and can really turn turn it up to the next level but what we've seen so far i don't really like and again um i i think man it's already begun jeremy fears looks pretty solid when he comes <laughs> in i think there are times where he looks better already I'm just I'm not saying it because I want it to be true. Like I feel like that's true. What do you think? Yeah, so far it's small sample size, but I kind of tend to agree with you there. I mean, it's he's a pretty good defender. Both yeah. of them are. Um, but anyway, don't want to get bogged down too much. Um, okay, Jaden Akins through two games. Uh, he's getting more opportunities, which I like. Uh, he's a great shooter. Um, you know, defensively, he's. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time taking a lot of the this stuff defensively out of two exhibition games. To be honest with you, I understand. You know, they gave up eighty plus points, but like I said, you can fo- you can follow a dude ten times, not fall out of the game. There's a lot of free throws. Um, it's definitely different. It's different. Like I, I just, I don't see MSU giving up eighty plus to a lot of teams <clears throat> this year. But I, I, I do – I mean, Aikens is like the third option on the team. 
And for most teams, he'd be the number one or number two guy. So that's a damn good thing for Michigan State that he's their number three option on the team. So I've definitely been keeping my eye on him. Because if you recall, there was the whole like rumors he might transfer, um, which apparently weren't that far you know, off from the truth. But um, Izzo said in his pressers, in his interviews, that he sat down with Jaden and they decided together that um, Jaden's going to handle the ball more. He's going to get to like have the ball in his hand and create. And um, Izzo told him straight up he didn't think that he was ready. But they came to the agreement that he was going to let him. Um, I can't really recall off the top of my head what his ball, you know, dribbling the ball creation against Hillsdale. I think he was probably fine. I think he does have some good handle. But against Tennessee, bigger guards, definitely very uh, physical and um, defensively oriented. He struggled. Every time he tried to create, I think. I don't have it pulled up. I think Aikens might have had like four turnovers at least where he's trying to create and they just clog the lane and he doesn't I don't know doesn't have that in his bag yet. Maybe he will develop it. And Tennessee is a very good team, I do want to say. They were rated higher on the metrics than Michigan State. So, um <clears throat> Jaden so far, it's clear to me like he is our second best shooter. He needs to play a lot for that very reason. Incredibly reliable shooting the three. Obviously, he can um, defend. He's an awesome defender. Uh, not a great matchup, Tennessee. But keep an eye on Jaden, um, you know, trying to create and what he does with that. Because so far, I would say um, Izzo might be right. So far. Obviously, he he's going to grow if he gets to do it more. That's common sense. Um Malik Hall through two games. You no, know, I I think he's actually struggled. Um, he, I I don't. I'm almost to the point where I'd rather see Cohen Carr than him on the floor, which is I know might sound kind of crazy, but seems like MSU's offense is a little bit more efficient when Carr's on the floor. Uh, again, I like Malik. He's a good player, but uh, he just has not taken the step forward that I thought he would. Uh, you know, a couple years ago, to be honest with you. So. Um, he's great to have him on the team for leadership. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's captain on the team this year. If I'm right, but uh, yeah, just hasn't looked great in these first two games, especially the Tennessee game. Um, I hundred percent agree. I think that it's only a matter of time, and it might be extremely annoying. I actually see it being very annoying, but. I think Cohen Carr is very obviously going to win a starting spot because they're clearly their best version of themselves when he's out there. He gives you easy twos. He gives you offensive rebounds that turn into easy twos. He gives you like those momentum plays. He's made some defense, like defensively, he's made some mistakes. He played Hillsdale College and then Tennessee. I'm going to give him some time, but this all kind of feeds back in my theory of why I thought that MSU was going to struggle at first. Because I, I didn't think he would be starting yet. By the end of the season, maybe Malik Hall is still starting. But Cohen Carr has to be playing more. Um, he's, I mean, he, the rim protection, the help side. Do you remember at the end of getting late into the game, that Mayshack guy just kind of backed... Uh, Tyson Walker down to the basket and kind of had it easy, like, off the glass. And it was like... Walker couldn't really do anything because the guy's got at least, like, four inches on him. Nobody on the court left their man just so there wasn't, like, anybody open um, to help on that. And it was just as easy as it gets. Cohen Carr is that kind of player that would be in there and be able to make that play, you know, make the stop. I think the starting five, I think that I watched the game literally, like, three times, and I would, like, watch plays over and over defensively watching different guys. I think that when they get stops more often than not, it's because the other team just kind of messed up, didn't execute. They're not, they're, they're getting some more strips because of their style of play right now. They're not making a lot of like physical stops. Um, they need something new. So Malik Hall, he had a good game against Tennessee. I think that if you recall, Ryan, I 
wanted or predicted that he could be a guy that comes in with the second unit to kind of like have that maturity and that experience. And also, I don't feel like Malik Hall needs that starting role. I think that at this point, he would probably prefer um, that they like win games over him starting. He can come in and provide a boost. He had a lot of energy, a lot of big plays, big rebounds that were only because of his energy. I'll give him that. But um, they're they're definitely at their best if they have a a Booker or a Carr out there, and that's the position he plays. Malik Hall. Uh, Hall. Um, so let's talk about Xavier Booker then Cohen Carr. So what did you think about Xavier Booker through two games? He, you know, it's hard. I mean, he was just dominating the Hillsdale game, to be honest with you, just because he's just so much more athletic than everybody else. Easier uh, for you, him you know, in that game. Uh, but he didn't play a lot of minutes in the Tennessee game. It Nine. took him a while. To, yeah, it took him a while. He was one of the last players to come in the game uh, that played. Uh, and he came in, I think, with, what, 10 minutes left in the second half or something like that? Maybe even, like, eight or eight, eight or six or eight or something like that. I can't even remember. But, um, you know, he's gonna, it's going to take some, some time to adjust uh, the college game. He's, he's a skinnier, somehow a skinnier version of Jaron Jackson, right? You know, he's, he, he can shoot. I mean, he's hit a couple threes already, so he can at least give you that. It definitely looks good. He's going he's gonna to struggle against stronger dudes – uh, on the low block. I think that's the one thing that concerns me about him. And Izzo is, you can tell, he's pushing on him, pushing on him, pushing on him. Can he can he handle it, right? That's always been the thing. That's been the question about him. Can he handle the coaching? That's, that's why he said he came here, because he wanted to get coached hard. So we'll see if he can handle it. But, uh, you know, I know I like Xavier Booker a lot. I think he's going to be a really good player, but... I kind of expected to start off slow a little bit. I, you know, he might take off later in the year. I, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't play a lot in, uh, in Tennessee. Because they were just doing line changes during the entire Hillsdale game. I was watching him. At the end of the game, it looked like he was a little, like... Deject- dejected? Yeah, um, it looked like he wasn't too thrilled that, you know, crunch time, he's not, like, anywhere near the court, um, didn't play very much. And then in the presser, Izzo said something like, we... Didn't get him as – he didn't play as much for a few reasons. So it was kind of mysterious. Like maybe it was an off the court practicing. or like a practicing. Yeah. Um, he can shoot. And I think to have a big that has, that opens that up for MSU, I think that is important this year. And honestly, um, I truly do think when when Booker was on the court, he does give some things up. Of course. He's going to make some of the mistakes, the freshman stuff. Maybe like a box out, which is like a, you know, sacrilegious thing to Izzo. But to us, we, okay, we'll take the missed box out because this dude's a freak and makes the, you know, less than 1% play that most kids can't. And when I say that, it's honestly his length around the, the rim. I've noticed, I watched it very closely it's not really, um, po- you know, it's not popping like a Cohen Carr or a Mati Sissoko blasts the ball into the crowd. He's just getting his hand on stuff left and right. And it's basically like bottling up. They're going on runs when he's on the court because he protects the rim kind of. And then, yeah, he, you know, he got stuffed on that one. Um, you know, he went for the left hand dunk and uh, I think Adu blocked him. He's going to have to figure it out. But this was his first really big game. I think that he's got, you know, some savvy tricks in his bag. He's going to figure it out better. I think he actually is a, a halfway decent defender in, in help side defense. One-on-one, I don't think we've seen a lot of him just, like, being um, backed down by, a you know, a traditional. Which is kind of surprising, to be honest with you. Right. Um, maybe when we get there, we'll be like, oh, boy. And the rebounding, yes, has been a little weak. I'll say that. However, you know, that the scoring, you know, the sh- outside shooting threat, the little extra rim protection. Um, I mean, and he is winning some rebounds. He's a kind of a bigger dude. I really, you know, want. I think they need to have more of Xavier Booker. Uh, he's got the best hands of the bigs. Maybe not Jackson Kohler. That's a different conversation. But, but I mean, 
He's going to get some points. He hasn't gotten to the rim at all yet. He hasn't played very much yet. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, we'll talk about their next game. But let's go to Cohen Carr. Um, go ahead. You, we've talked about him. You, you said... <laughs> he's just he's an athletic monster. I mean, I don't know how else to describe him. Uh, he, like, we, like we talked about, he had that crazy dunk in the Tennessee game. He had that block where he just came out of nowhere and just stuffed it into the crowd. This guy is going to be super fun to watch. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a one-and-done dude, to be honest with you. I, I He's that athletic. Um, yeah, I've been I've, saying it the whole time. Right. His, his shooting leaves a little bit to be desired, but he is when he's on the floor, he makes plays. And MSU did not have a guy like him last year, and he's going to be a difference maker for sure. I, I, I think he's going to be a starter by the end of the year, and we kind of alluded to that earlier. He's the only guy in the – on the roster, you look at it and go, that's clearly like an NBA guy. Right. Um, you got to use him. And he makes, you know, these plays that no one else can. He's got a couple of blocks. All, I don't know how many blocks, but he's doing a great job, you know, help side blocking and um, just kind of protecting the rim some more. It's been a couple of rebounds. Um, you know, he's still trying to figure out, like, a little bit of savvy mixed with playing hard because he's kind of just – trying to like blindly play as hard as he can which i appreciate for sure but it's the efficiency for me um all of his <laughs> i think he had a off the glass bucket against hillsdale all of his points are coming off dunks those are the best shot in basketball he's getting these you know offensive rebounds and it turns into more um possessions the one dunk against hillsdale where he steals the ball and he, the I think the guard that gave it up was kind of running with him. And he he realized, okay, this guy's faster than me. If I jump with him, that's probably not going to end well. He kind of, like, saw it coming. And Cohen Carr flew in from outside the paint. Those are just plays that MSU has not had. That's just, like, as automatic of a two points as it gets. They and not, they have not had that. They have not had an athletic guy like this since Miles Bridges. Like, easily. Like, that's the last guy they've had that was anything like this yeah i mean that's a perfect comp and um you're gonna be you're gonna be seeing a lot more of cohen Carr. i think he's already winning favor with the coaches he had by far the best box plus minus if you're into that thing i think he was at plus 22 Izzo said in his pressers they are going to be charting the best teams um we're gonna talk about that briefly but Madi sissoko is next i mean he's the same player he was Honestly, I mean, he kind of is what he is. We've he, been saying it all off season. Yeah, he's he's a good defender. He has barely any offensive game, but I mean, he at least provides you good defense. And he's the only big on the team where I'm like, I'm comfortable with this guy defensively in the game. Had a couple of like moving screens or yeah. um, you know turnover. Can't have a dribble handoff. It's, I don't know. That stuff is sloppy. He's never gonna be. You're right. He's the same guy. He did have a super impressive rebound at the end of Tennessee. That, that He's the only guy in the court that can make the play. Um, that's what his wingspan brings. That part was awesome. But, yeah, Sissoko, we know what we're getting. A lot of calls already for Cooper um, to replace him. Um, I don't know what – I really doubt it. I think he's still going to start. But, you know, minute allocation – there are games where, you know, Kansas State, for instance, they just couldn't play Monty. He was getting lost um, defensively, just could not understand what was happening with the dribble. They would, they would keep on switching him on to guards. The yeah, whole time. and it was just – it was really bad for him in that. So I think matchup dependent, you're going to see a lot. Um, there's options now. Um, so, yeah, not a lot different from Monty, same guy. Jeremy Fears. Uh, he pops, honestly. Um He's a play, he's a great playmaker, and I'm kind of I mean we're gonna hear a lot of people saying I'd rather see this guy play than Hogard a lot this year. I think we're gonna hear that a lot from people. Um, he's a good defender. Uh, he makes a smart play most of the time. Uh, just clearly like made to play for Tom Izzo. Um, it's gonna be I, fun so far. I've been game. impressed with him. It's gonna be fun to watch. He hasn't even really attempted much shooting either. So right. Um, he's he's a solid three point shooter. I mean, as, as we've seen in the past from him and he school. can shoot it. Yeah. He can shoot it. Um, yeah, I totally agree. 
co-sign that. Um, so, Trey Holloman. He's been better than I thought he would be, to be completely honest with you. I think he's kind of taken a step. Um, he's a great defender. Uh, offensively, you know, he's never probably never going to be a great offensive player. Um, but he, he doesn't make... For the most part, he doesn't make stupid mistakes, and he plays hard. And that's going to get him minutes on this team. I know people have – we kind of – even I kind of alluded to it. Is this a guy that's going to fit in on this team, right? I, I think he's going to have a role. I do. So. Well, you're already seeing Izzo's doing like a full-court press, and they're harassing guys. They want to wear him down. Um, he brought him in for the, like, inbounds unit, brought in a bunch of, like, smaller, quicker guys. I think he definitely looks improved. Um, he hit – I think he's one of two on threes. I don't have it in front of me. Looks more comfortable when it comes to going to the basket. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Did have the uh, the mistake at the end of Tennessee. Yeah, he got uh, into it with a guy and Izzo yeah, that's, pissed off and he pulled him off the floor. That's probably not going to be great for him. Um, but yeah, improved so far. Definitely like what I'm seeing. And he's been having strips. He's getting steals. And I think that's just like different. You know, we haven't watched a lot of... MSU teams that are like, you know, pressing down the court and also stripping left and right. Um, something to watch though, you know, handsy hands get caught in the cookie jar. You, um, you know, it's not good if you start getting foul trouble. But this team has depth, so I think when you do get to games where foul trouble is a thing, that's when it's going to get interesting. That's when people are going to have to play that might not have otherwise, and you're going to say, "Well, he." He looks better than the other one, and I, I think it's coming. Um, again, coming back to, I don't know what the best five is yet. Um, and then lastly, we've got Carson Cooper through yeah. two, through two games. He is he looks he looks improved, very improved. Um, these uh, his offensive game, honestly, in the post looks like a thousand times better than it did last year. I understand some of it was against Hillsdale, which where he's just a better athlete than all those guys, but. He looks much improved. I think he's going to be – he's going to get a lot more minutes this year. Uh, obviously, he didn't play a lot last year, but um, I think he's going to be a bigger contributor than people think, especially earlier in the year with Jackson Kohler not playing. Yeah, now that Kohler's out, um, we talked about it. Like, he's going to play by default. Um, already have people saying he should be replacing Madi. Uh, I don't know if that – you know, I think their minutes aren't going to be that much different right at first. However um, – you know, Carson Cooper definitely has taken a step forward. He's a guy who has really good um, coordination in his feet. He, you know, has developed a little bit of skill around the basket. I think he was really kind of nervous and excited for Tennessee because he went up twice in the Tennessee game and got hung by the rim or came up short. Like, he's like 6'11". How is this happening? I think he's going too quickly because he didn't want to get blocked. And didn't realize, hey, I can't actually dunk from here just off of two feet, just standing here. Um, he got a little excited there. My one complaint, um, wasn't a great rebounder last year. This guy, he's got butterfingers or something. Like the ball just slips out of his hands left and right on rebounds. He needs to like, I don't know, increase the hand strength. Maybe they're small. Maybe he has small hands. Um, but that is an issue for me. Guys are just kind of getting their hands in, and he can't grab it. Um, so many times where I was just like, I wanted to scream, like, just grab the ball. Um, he was excited, and I think that, you know, we're going to see better than what Tennessee brought. But, you know, Tennessee's a good team also. Um, so give them credit for what they did to MSU. All right, so... We went through the, the, uh, the guys. Sorry, you can probably hear my, my pets. So this is their playground. Um, <clears throat> so we went through the two games. So far, I, I really do feel like they're going to, you know, disappoint that starting five. Um, I've been, you know, we've watched this team for two years. They're gonna like win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. I, they've got to do something different. If he just like plays mostly that same starting five, you know, and then puts the new guys in here and there. I think we're going to see them not be – when it comes to big games like Duke, Arizona, Baylor, those – I don't think you're going to see them 
look dominant. When's the last time you've seen MSU basketball look dominant? Like that against a power five, power Nebraska, six. Nebraska, second half. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of threes, and it was just for a half. I'm talking about like oh, actual man. dominated game, win by Indiana 20 Indiana at home. Yeah, it's just. It's like there's always a caveat. Like they hit a bunch of threes. It's at home. Like, where's the the actual like control? USC, maybe. Yeah, I guess. But um, anyway, going on a tangent, I just want to see like them really lock people down and you know kind of dominate a game and not just go on these streaky runs. If you do recall, Tennessee was only close because Tyson Walker just kind of put the team on his back. In a lot of our biggest games, it's just because Tyson Walker is doing that. Right. That's not a, like... Sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you want a team that can win in multiple ways, not just a guy who's going unconscious and hitting all jumpers. Well, I guess he does get to the rim, so... Anyway, um, let's talk about... They have two games next week, but we're going to talk before they play Southern Indiana, I think is what it is. Um, they play James Madison on Monday. James Madison, Monday. Um, it is the opening of the basketball season at Breslin. Now, so here's the deal: James Madison is. This game is not as like automatic, I guess, as people are probably assuming. They're 136 on Ken Palm. They're under. They're like 98th on Torvik. They are expected. They're projected to win the Sun Belt. Um, they had like a. Very solid team last year. They finished fourth in the Sun Belt. Um, and like I said, they are expecting a big jump from some of these guys. Terrence Edwards, um, he's he's the star. He's You're going to be hearing his name. He's going to take a lot of shots, threes. He's a great shooter. That's their guy, Terrence Edwards. Um, another name, It's uh, they've got a big guy, um, Julian Wooden. He can stretch the floor. He can uh, score around the basket. Um, you know, any time like, one of these teams comes to Breslin, the only way that they're really ever going to win is if they hit a, a lot of threes, kind of like what we saw against Tennessee. Tennessee, again, is a very good basketball team. But um, James Madison, like this is not – I hope that MSU d- – Destroys them. That would be a good sign, in my opinion. You win by yeah. It's a twenty plus point thing, right? Yes, because yeah. on Ken Palm, they're only expected to win by like seventeen. Seventeen. I think it was. Yeah. Um. Yep. So, I think that will tell you something. If they were to like really run them out of the building, I think that would be a great sign. But right now, um. Again, Tennessee, great team, missing two of their best players. Um. I don't know about, you know, giving up eight in the 80s, you know, seeing a lot of scary things that we saw last year. I'm not sure. James Madison, if it's uncomfortable, um, I think we're, we're going to be uncomfortable for a couple of months, is my opinion. Uh, okay. So, basically, um, keep your eye on, you know, there's, they've got a few guys, but really that... Terrence Edwards and the Julian Wooden guy. Those are going to be the names you're hearing. Um, So I want to see more of these freshmen. I think that's what really you have to have. This team needs these freshmen. Jeremy Fears is already, I think his role is pretty much solidified. He's coming off the bench as a point guard. It's only going to get better with him. Cohen Carr just needs more minutes. That's it, period. Easiest fix ever. Oh, guess what? Xavier Booker also needs more minutes. Our friend of the pod, we didn't even mention him. I can't believe I forgot him. Yeah, he didn't play. Garrick Norman did not play. He's the only scholarship player that didn't play against Tennessee. Did play against Hillsdale. I think, you know, it's not like he looked bad. Right. Um, it's just this team's so deep. There's going to be an odd man out probably. You're going to see him probably play against James Madison in southern Indiana, though. But um, we're not going to talk until we see him after James Madison. Yeah. So we'll have more information. I think... You know, you're not going to get a lot from Southern Indiana. It's probably the worst team they'll play all season. You're, you're not going to, like, get take. Whoa, actually, Cooper looks amazing again. <laughs> I, I was extremely excited about Carson Cooper's performance against Hillsdale. But I, I really wanted to remember that it's Hillsdale. Yeah. Um, then he played a very good 
um, what is projected to be a top 10 team. And he did struggle, but I think there's optimistic, there's some good signs. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll we'll have some information on this team. And then the next week... It's the big, it's the test. It's the it's the big game. It's one of my favorite games of the season. Every season. Sure, Tim and I will probably wind up watching that game together. So yeah, from my private jet, which I do have. <laughs> People keep saying, "No, you don't." He does. I'll vouch for him. Yep, it's just paid for exclusively off the profits of the pod. So thank you for for that. Ryan. <laughs> All right. I guess um, let's go to our picks and we'll wrap it up. So, Ryan had another good week. Well, winning is winning. That's good. I, I was up. Three, two, three and two. That puts him at 42 wins, three pushes, and 25 losses. He's doing great. I had a rough week, went one and four. Um, 43 and 27 losses. Um, not, you know, not good, not great, but um, yeah. So... Let's uh let's get this rolling. Michigan State, they are hosting Nebraska. Three point favorites are the Cornhuskers. I will be at the game along with probably other ten other people. But uh I'm picking Nebraska to cover here. I'm not picking MSU at all the rest of the year until they prove give me a reason to. They probably won't. Yeah, this is again my put real money on bet. Um easy bet. Winner. Okay, Rutgers. Hosting Ohio State, eighteen and a half point favorites are the number one ranked Buckeyes. I'm gonna pick OSU here. They beat Wisconsin by I can't remember like fourteen last last week. OSU is I mean Rutgers is better than OS than uh, Wisconsin. I mean sorry, Wisconsin's better than Rutgers, so that's my logic there. Um yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I think they can win by three touchdowns. Um okay, Indiana hosting uh, the Badgers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites are the Badgers? Yeah. I think I, this is at IU, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I'm picking, yeah, I'm picking Wisconsin here. Like, Indiana's bad. I get they played with Penn State last week for a while, but they just make constant stupid mistakes. I think Wisconsin's going to take advantage of that. I think they covered this pretty easily. Okay. Um, I'm going to agree with you there, too. Uh, it's a weird number, but whatever. Maryland hosting Penn State, exact same number, eight and a half point favorites. Again, easy bet. Maryland's on a three game losing streak. They've looked horrible. Give me Penn State to cover here. Penn State just didn't cover against. Uh, yes, the, I understand. Indiana, yeah, but Penn, Maryland's kind. Of, Penn State's kind of a rivalry. If James Franklin gets a chance to run the score up on these guys, he will. Because hmm. he's done it before. I'm going to differ here. Um, let's see. Because he scorned me, and this is what happens every year. <laughs> Once he starts on his decline... They, they, it's over. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but... Um, Minnesota, uh, one and a half point favorites hosting the Illini. Yeah, I'm picking Minnesota here. I just, like, Illinois is not very good. Neither is Minnesota, but Illinois sucks. Home team, yep. Agreed. Okay, this one is weird. Northwestern, they're hosting Iowa, five point favorites. I think the over under for this is twenty nine and a half. By the oh. way, <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Iowa here. I know Northwestern has been playing better of late, but I'm picking. I'm picking the Hawkeyes. Didn't Northwestern just beat? They did. They just beat Maryland at home. I think Iowa is a better team than Maryland. I'm going to go with the home dog and see what happens. I will give Northwestern credit. They're playing hard for an interim coach. Can't say the same about the Spartans, unfortunately. Okay, so the cheaters and the best. 32.5 point favorites over Purdue. You know, I'm going to pick Purdue here. I think Michigan's going to come out a little bit distracted. Uh, I think Michigan's going to win this game pretty easily, but 32.5 is kind of a big number to me. I, I'm picking the Boilers to at least cover. I think they can keep it within 30 points. Nah, Michigan's going to cover this. But I respect and accept your pick. Um, 
All right, so that's all we had. So, again, me and Ryan kind of doing well. Um, you know, I I did have a bad week last week, so if you tri- you uh, tailed me, then that sucks. But this is Michigan State, Nebraska. Nebraska to cover three. This it seems like an easy decision. Yeah. It, it couldn't be more of an automatic bet. Like, it's so automatic. It's... It's stupid. Hey, Sam Lovett's gonna throw for four hundred passing yards on, or or night. run for four hundred. You seen this dude? Just dude, does he like looks a like spin dude. Like, I'm not gonna lie, man. He kind of reminds me of like sophomore Brian Lewerke. That's kind of the vibes I got from him on that drive. Well, yeah, I mean the running definitely kind of brought that back. Kind of missed that. He was so good before he got hurt. I sucks that he got hurt. He was such a good player before he got hurt. All right, Ryan. Well, I guess that's all we have this week. Um, we're going to have an actual basketball game, um, like a real people foul out. And I think the fouling out is going to be interesting because let's say Hogard or um, Hall get you know two early fouls. Then those young guys have to play. Right. And then it's like, you know, let's see what happens. Um, anyway, that's all I have. So um, you got anything to add? No, uh, go green, I guess. Go white, I guess. <laughs> Dylan, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis.